day by day your mercies, Lord, attend me, bringing comfort to my anxious soul. Day by day the blessings, Lord, you send me, draw me nearer to my heavenly goal. Love divine beyond all mortal of my quest Savior lead me to the home I treasure where at last I'll find eternal rest Day by day I know you will provide me strength to serve and wisdom to seek your loving will to guide me o'er the past I struggle day by day I will fear no evil of the morrow I will trust in your enduring grace Savior help me bear life's pain and sorrow till in to bear Oh what joy to know that you will hear me when I come over to you in prayer Day by day no matter what betide me you will hold me ever in your hand Savior with your presence here to guide me I will reach at last the promised land well, Greetings friends and welcome to Bethel Lutheran Church I'm Pastor Amy Beveridge and this is our online worship experience Today is a significant anniversary for us as a congregation. We celebrate 135 years this week in this beautiful sanctuary in Templeton. Marie Quinn will be making a visit to play on the organ some beloved hymns and maybe some old Swedish folk tunes that have been important to Augustana Lutherans over the generations. That's where we trace our lineage through the Augustana Lutheran tradition, which of course uh, goes back to 19th century Swedes and the immigrants who came here. It's an honor to lead us today. Next week, Pastor Charlie Little, who retired from Templeton Presbyterian, will be our guest in worship. And then the week following, we'll have Pastor Mary Steinweber back, along with guest guitarist Kun Chung Lee. Both preachers will be pivoting towards the emergence of Paul in the early church of Acts. Really looking forward to having some other voices joining us this month on the series that we are doing. I'll be away from church for the next two Sundays on summer vacation with my kiddos. And then when I get back, the school year begins, which just melts the brain how quickly time goes right now. 
Well, let's take this moment to slow time down and step out of that relentless march and let us appreciate exactly where we are in the present, in our homes, you could be, in our gardens, on the road, walking the neighborhood as you're listening perhaps. Where are you right now? And can you be in that place fully as we worship the God who brings us to this moment, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer? Amen. In honor of all those who have been in our lineage, today we give thanks for baptism. And I invite you, if you want to pause this recording right now, maybe go get a small bowl of water to hold in front of you and to make the sign of the cross on your foreheads a wet sign. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the fountain of living water, the rock who gave us birth, our light, and our salvation. Joined to Christ in the waters of baptism, we are clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters, and by your word you created the world, calling forth life in which you took delight. Through the waters of the flood, you delivered Noah and his family. Through the sea, you led your people Israel from slavery into freedom. At the river, your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By water and your word, you claim us as daughters and sons, making us heirs of your promise and servants of all. We praise you for the gift of water that sustains life. And above all, we praise you for the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. Shower us with your spirit and renew our lives with your forgiveness, grace, and love. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. and hands and voices who wondrous things has done in whom this world rejoices who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today God, through all our life be near us, with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us, and keep us all in grace, and guide us when perplexed, and free us from all harm in this world and the and thanks to God, the Father now be given, the Son and Spirit blessed, who reign in highest heaven, the one eternal 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Let us pray. God of goodness, you are the source, the guide, and the goal of our lives. Teach us to love what is worth loving and to treasure what is precious in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, today we're going to do something a little bit different. Rather than moving ahead in sequence to Acts 9, in my words today, I just want to take a breather and collect ourselves from the first part of the story in this powerful book. We've reached a natural break in the action. So let's pause here and take stock of what we've gathered. I decided to do this during a small group reflection at church when I asked the participants how the preaching and teaching was going for them. And a few of them talked about how it felt good to be diving into Acts and following sequentially, but they weren't sure yet what it meant for their lives specifically. One woman put it this way. She said, we see our world, we know how hard it is, but it's overwhelming, all of the problems. Where do we begin? What can we do to help? And that's the question I want to hold on to today. What do we take from these first adventures of these disciples? What could it mean for us? Sometimes it's nice just to slow down and take it all in. So that's the question I'm going to answer, at least in part. And yes, from my own perspective, after, after all of these readings. Now about these readings today, the gospel and the psalm, they really scrutinize human division and particularly the way that wealth and economics and jealousy can affect our ability to stay cohesive as a society and as believers, which is really a great complementary reading to have with the Acts because those early Christians were centered on dealing with disparity of all kinds. Jesus' words feed pretty well into that question, what can I do? I also chose a reading for our pause from Paul's letters. We've met Paul once when he was still Saul leading persecutions against the Christ followers in Jerusalem. Remember Stephen here? And we're about to get to know him better. So I thought I would feature some words that he wrote decades later at the end of his life, just as we're meeting here at the beginning. What does he have to say at the end? A time when he was in prison and able to look back at his journey and see what his core convictions were, what made it all worthwhile for him to follow the Holy Spirit all over his known world. 
His letter to the Philippians truly distills the very best of Paul and what it meant for him to live and die for Christ in the service of God's people. So let's do this. Let's take a deep breath together and examine the direction we are carried by these verses to meet the wounds of our world with the love of God. The first reading is from Paul's letter to the Philippians, beginning with the first chapter. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the 49th Psalm. Hear this, all you peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the harp. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of my persecutors surrounds me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the abundance of their riches. Truly, no ransom avails for one's life. There is no price one can give to God for it. For the ransom of life is costly and can never suffice, that one should live on forever and never see the pit. When we look at the wise, they die. Fool and dolt perish together and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever. Their dwelling places to all generations, though they named lands their own. Mortals cannot abide in their pomp. They are like the animals that perish. Amen. The second reading is from the second chapter of Philippians. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy... Make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, 
even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, the 12th chapter. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. And he said, I'll do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, it's quite the mirror that Scripture holds up for us in the Bible. There we are on those pages. I mean, every week, the best and the worst of us. And we do ask, what are we meant to do and be in response to what we see? I think a lot of us uh, leave worship on Sunday and go out those doors saying, Now what? How do I apply what I've discovered today? Just as a biblical world, we see in our own day human disparity, cultural rigidity, rejection, rage, violence. How do we in this century respond to the challenges of our own times as people of faith? What's within our power? Same questions then as we have now. I'd actually love to have discussion about that because God is going to speak to each of us differently and activate each of us a little differently in our lives. But alas, you've just got me today, so I'm going to give you my best shot here. When I look back at the stories we've read so far this summer in these first eight chapters of Acts, I see some basic principles. Some of them are easier. Some of them are harder. Here's just a quick list. Ah, I say quick, it's a little bit long, but I invite you as I share these with you, consider which one speaks to you most deeply. Which of these convictions do you feel drawn to? So let's go ahead and start. The book of Acts tells us, the book of Acts tells us the Holy Spirit is on the move. What does that mean for us? Well, lots of things, but among them that the Spirit won't be confined to the places where we ordain it. It has its own life, its own authority, its own direction when we attempt to harness it. And likely, 
If we believe the Bible, it will take us beyond our routines, our habits and expectations, and what may have worked in the past might not work in a new day. So that's a big one. Prepare to move. Prepare to go where you do not want to go. I don't know if we can ever really prepare for that, but that's kind of the message. I mean, just ask Peter and Paul and Stephen. None of them wanted to go where they were called, or even a simpler story like Philip's. He's called up out of nowhere to serve widows in Jerusalem, but ends up in Samaria and in another flash departs for a desert road leading to Egypt. But even then, God spirits him away after the eunuch's baptism. The long and short of it is the action is outside the holy city. The book of Acts tells us, here's another piece. The book of Acts tells us, know your story, tell your story. What does that mean for us? Well, it means exactly what we are doing. If you're listening, exactly what we're doing. We're learning our history. We're getting to know our ancestors. And we are challenging ourselves to give language to where we came from and why that means something for us. If the early Christians knew how to do one thing, it was to tell their story and testify to their faith. And not a faith that came out of nowhere, but a faith rooted in the biblical story. I mean, every time someone speaks in the book of Acts, they tell you about Moses, they tell you about Abraham and our ancestors, they tell you about the prophets, right? Rooting in that biblical story. So if you're here, you all get a B plus on this one. You are learning the basic plot of how we got to here and why we stay. Now, when you share that with others, or even better, when you learn to listen to others and wonder how they got to their moments and you show them that gift of curiosity what their faith looks like, your pastor will definitely give you an A+. But there it is. Know your story, know your history, tell about it, and listen to the stories of others. What else did we learn from Acts? How about tell the truth? And what does that mean for us? It means don't oppress your own soul with dishonesty, but live in the freedom of the truth. I heard some pundits talking about that recently, actually in a pretty great way. When you don't know where to begin, begin by telling the truth. Or if you can't tell the truth because you're afraid of being shunned or whatever it is you fear, at least do not lie. Do not pretend to agree with lies. Do not mix with people who lie. Make at least that much of a commitment to your integrity, even if speaking out seems a bit more difficult. Now, that, of course, doesn't mean that there aren't different perspectives or different conclusions to make about the world, but do not outright lie or entertain what you know to be lies. And this has to be central to Christian life because it's one of the first things that happens in the action of our story. Two people collapse under the pain of their own lying. And this kind of goes along with another principle from Acts, something about seeing the truth here. The book of Acts tells us When you meet a stranger, look them in the eye. Not even a stranger. When you communicate with anyone, maybe especially those you love who can still be strangers to us in that mysterious way, look them in the eye. See them face to face. What does that mean? Well, I'm thinking of that story of Peter finding the layman at the beautiful gate. There's that profound verse where the scripture says, Peter looked intently at the man. That is, He looked at that man that he did not know with intention. And then he says to that lame man, look at us. Any relationships you cherish, any relationships you desire to deepen, any stranger you meet, let it begin with the act of seeing eye to eye. 
both literally and with that metaphorical meaning of seeing as equals, seeing in the unity of your humanity. You might struggle to find your truth. You might not feel biblically literate enough to share your story. You might not be prepared to leave your habits behind to chase the Holy Spirit right now. But this is one thing that we can all do. We can take the time to look with intention at stranger, friend, and loved one alike. The last thing I want to offer in responding to this question, it is really, really hard to fulfill our calling if we are not meeting new people. I mean, consider the picture the Bible gives both of Jesus' life and the life of the early church. It is story after story after story of Jesus and his faithful meeting new people and what they do in those encounters. Christianity really boils down to this. Faith in Jesus is what happens between yourself and the strangers, neighbors, and loved ones that you meet on the way. We think of faith as something essential within us, but it is also something that lives between us and others. So here is my best recommendation on how to meet the world's need. Change who you see. You don't have to change your beliefs. You don't need to change what you think. You don't need to change your commitments or your lifestyle, at least just yet. You don't even need to manage those outcomes. Just change who you see, who you run into, who you spend time around. And if there is one thing I know about human beings, it's that when we change where we spend our time and who is in that space, we change too, without, by the way, a whole lot of effort on our part. It is very easy when we reach a certain level of comfort with our lives to lose sight of this. And comfort is not a bad thing, but it is very easy when we have habits we enjoy to settle in and not disrupt them, not to question them. And so I want to challenge you. When was the last time you had a conversation with a total stranger? When's the last time you shared a meal with someone who wasn't related to you or part of your friend circle? When was the last time you extended hospitality to a newcomer in your life or even had a newcomer in your life? I know it's hard right now with COVID. Now might not be the right time, but I'm putting it out there. Where are the new people and places in your life? Because when you can't change how you feel, which a lot of us can't change how we feel, we can't change how we believe, how we think, right? We can't do that. We can definitely change our position. And when we do, when we put the principles of acts to work, don't lie, look people in the eye, see them as your equal, share stories, real stories. And by the way, don't put pressure on yourself to invite anyone to church. I mean, that's great if it seems like that's what's needed, but for the time being, no agenda, just baby step it and see what happens when you make new friends. They could be a friend for as long as a conversation in the grocery aisle, or they could be a friend for a lifetime. But I promise you, breaking the habits of who you know and who you communicate with, that will show you the next steps in your relationship with Jesus. And it brings us right back to where we began, prepare to follow the Holy Spirit out of the confining temples of your lives. I mean, the temple is here for you, right? Our temple has been here for us for 135 years, but it only exists to send you back out again, prepared to make new connections with a hurting world. Changing position, even in a small way, can be an immense challenge. 
right? I get it. I know it can, right? And here's just one small story about that. Years ago now, I was at a council meeting and one of the members was really late to the meeting. And this was not like her at all. She was a terribly punctual person. And when she did arrive, it turned out it was simply a traffic jam that had snarled her up in travel on the 101. She'd been coming from Paso. And after the meeting, I said to her, you should go home in the back roads. It's only a minute or two longer than the freeway. And it's really beautiful. Her eyes got really wide and her body went very still. I could feel a rising fear in her coming up. So I said, I can give you directions. If you don't trust your phone, I can tell you how to get there. It's not hard. And she interrupted me. She said, that's okay, pastor. I'll just stick to what I know. It was a revelation for me as a spiritual leader. I realized just how hard it was for people to step out of the patterns of their lives. Like I really underappreciated it in this church up until that moment. The sheer amount of stress it can bring out just to leave the well-beaten path. And if it's hard to drive home a different way, what else could be hard, especially in a faith tradition literally built on these stories of traveling unexpected roads with unexpected people? So all that is to say, I know it's hard to put yourself out there and challenge the everyday habits that largely work for you. I know it's hard, but that is my best answer of where to begin. What do I do when I see the hurting world and know I should respond but don't know where? Change your position. That's it. Could be reconnecting with family and friends you haven't seen. Could be a road trip. Could be inviting someone into your space when you're used to keeping your space to yourself. Could be kind words to strangers. Could be taking the time to get to know someone at your work. Could be volunteering outside your comfort zone, experiencing a new kind of service. Could be walking your neighborhood taking the time to look up, chat to people along the way. Could be so many things. And it reminds me of that parable Jesus tells about that shrewd manager, a different parable from the one we heard, but a Jesus parable nonetheless, when he says at the end of it, if I can't trust you with the little things, how will I trust you with the big things? These are the small things in our lives, these little interactions over which we do have some power. And if we are trustworthy and honest here, if we leave the path just a little, God will make a new way for us. Believe it and live it. Amen.
time and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with the nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The God of justice and love, we give thanks that you illumine our way through life with the words of your Son. Give us the light we need. Awaken us to the needs of others. And at the end, bring all the world to your feast. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know it's true. It satisfies my longings as nothing else would do. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story, how pleasant to repeat what seems each time I tell it more wonderfully sweet. I love to tell the story, for some have never heard the message of salvation from God's own holy word. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story for those who know it best, seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory I sing the new, new song, I'll sing the old, old story that I have loved so long. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.